Hello, legends. You're listening to the Off-Road Performance Coach Podcast. If you want to be a beast on and off the dirt bike, you have come to the right place. All I ask from you is if you gain some value out of today's episode, please give it a share and tag me on your socials or your Insta story. I'd be super grateful if you'd share the love. Let's get stuck straight into today's episode. Just things for me. Hello, podcast legends. Why is the hip hinge so important? That's what we're going to talk about today. I had a good reminder yesterday of why. I personally believe the hip hinge movement is so important for us to be prepared for the demands that we really face right in the dirt bike. So I thought I'd share that and provide a little bit of the why behind why I do think it is so important. Honestly, it's probably the biggest mistake I see people making when they do if they're potentially asking me some questions about how they should they should be training or when they're first coming on board and I ask them what have they been doing in the past, super common for people who are actually training in the gym and trying to get stronger that they do lots of squatting, lots of lunging, split squats, which are all basically the same variation of a squat pattern, which definitely nothing wrong with doing those exercises, but they are more of a quad dominant movement where we're using a lot more knee flexion as well as hip flexion as well. They definitely train the glutes, but it's a more of a knee dominant movement pattern where a strict hip hinge is a hip dominant pattern where we're hinging at the hips and placing a lot of tension into the hamstrings and obviously the glutes, and there's not a whole heap of knee flexion happening. So when you think about how we ride a dirt bike, a lot of the time, not all the time, but a lot of the time, we are in a standing attack position. And that is basically the exact same position as a strict hip hinge, which I classify a strict hip hinge as an RDL, a Romanian deadlift. So an RDL is just a variation of the deadlift. It's no secret that I love deadlifts. I've got it plastered all over my dirt bike. There's good reason for that. Like, that's why I I love them so much because I do truly believe they are such an important exercise for us to be strong in, to totally be prepared for the demands that we're going to face when we get out there on the dirt bike. So obviously that standing attack position is a great example of that. And then under brakes as well, when we're braking, we want to be hinging and driving our hips back. So two things that happened yesterday I got to go to Chesney Vale, our local ride park, motocross track was open during the school holidays. So it's only the second time I've been there in 12 months, which isn't enough. So I haven't been on a motocross track very much in the last 12 months, not as much as I would like to. I absolutely love going there and getting to ride it. It's definitely a higher intensity than what you'll get riding around single track in off-road. Um, and I've always raced motocross 
for a large part of my life. So I totally enjoy it. There's a big jump. A, I don't know how big, like it'd have to be close to a hundred foot. I reckon it's a big, long sort of a step up tabletop. Um, every time I go there, I swear they make the up ramp steeper. Like I've, I've obviously only been there two times in the last 12 months, but I swear these up ramps were steeper than they were the last time I went there. And the last time I went there, they were definitely steeper than like 12 months ago for sure. So anyway, came around third lap. Usually you hit this, well, I do anyway, hit this jump about half, half throttle in fourth gear will get you perfectly to the down ramp. I came around and I thought I was in third gear for some reason. It was only the third lap of the first the first practice moto or what I would call my practice moto was my first moto. So hadn't done a whole heap of, hadn't hit it a whole heap of times. Come around, thought I was in third gear. So I'm like, okay, I'm in third gear. I'll just wind it out in third and, and hit it in third instead of like half throttle in fourth. Turns out I was actually in fourth gear. Big mistake. <laughs> Went way past the down ramp, like cleared the down ramp. As soon as I took off, I thought, oh shit, I'm not touching that down ramp. Went way past it. So what I did in that situation, and this is a good little tip for you, if that if if that ever happens to you, before I landed hit the limiter, so held the bike on the limiter before I landed and kept it there, like kept the throttle there. And as soon as I landed, basically assumed the deadlift position, like drove my hips back as far as I could over the back of the bike into that hinge, full throttle. Honestly, barely even felt it. Big props to my guy, Stel. We put, we did put a new setting in when I got the Kashima outers put on my bike when I gave it a bit of a birthday a couple of months ago. That setting that I'd had in there was in there for quite some time and it was a great off-road setting, but it was, I felt like it was a little bit soft for those instances when I did go to a place like Chesney Vale or ride a rough track that wasn't quite holding up the way I would like it to. So we went about 15% firmer on the valving, on the fork and the shock. So that was the first time I'd actually ridden it on a motocross track. It's still really compliant and works perfectly well everywhere in the off-road stuff I ride. Like it's got still got that small bump compliance in rocks and stuff like that. But that was the first time on the motocross track. So I just went from my base setting, I just went in two clicks on the compression on the fork, two clicks on the f- comp and the rebound on the shock. And it ate that landing up like to the flat and barely felt it. Like it didn't even bottom out. It obviously used all the travel, but it wasn't like one of those hard landings where it was like metal on metal and, and nearly blew me off the bike. And I'm confident that was because I had the foresight to like get into a good position and hit the throttle hard. And that allowed the bike to drive out of it. And I was strong enough to soak it up. So that was, a good reminder to me of why it's so important to drill in that movement pattern because we want that that ability to hinge at the hips in a strict hip hinge. We want it to be subconscious. So 
the other thing that happened and it happens every time I go there is watching the beginner group. Um, they at the ride park there, they break you up into it like an advanced group of seniors and a beginner group. So most of the people that were there yesterday of the adults were beginners. There wasn't, there was only a few of us in the advanced group. Um, it happens all the time and it's the most common thing I see even when I'm coaching people on the dirt bike is when they're coming in under brakes, they're letting, they're bending at the knees. So letting the knees come forward and lifting their chest up. So they're almost like pushing, pushing the bike away and straightening their arms, but they're bending their knees forward. So their whole center of mass is actually moving forward. And what that does, it puts a lot of weight on the front wheel and they're super common that they come into the braking bumps and start getting those big swaps because the, there's no weight on the back wheel and all the weights on the front wheel. So it wasn't even that rough at Chesney Vale yesterday. Like the bumps, I don't know, were probably like half a foot. The braking bumps were only half a foot deep. And dudes were like, these beginner guys are coming in and just getting all loose on the brakes and swapping and the bike's moving around. Whereas what ideally under brakes, we want to be driving our hips back. So we're getting our center of mass over the back of the bike a little bit more. And not we're going to lift our chest a little bit, but most of the the transition of moving our mass is going to come from our hips and driving our hips back, not lifting our chest up and letting our knees come forward. That's the complete opposite. All of our mass goes forward, which we're trying to slow down. So we want to be moving our mass back. So again, it's the most common thing I see, and the it's either under brakes or when people land off jumps is. If you land off a jump and you let your knees come forward and you you're not hard on the throttle, like that's it's a dangerous place to be. So it's super important, I believe, to and it's just basic, like it's not it's just for any human that's gonna go into the gym and actually wants to get stronger, your primary lower body movements are squatting, obviously. Super important to develop the quads and get strong at squatting then our other primary lower body movement is a hip hinge so we want to be able to hinge at the hips and load our posterior chain i would argue that we spend a lot more time in a posterior chain dominant position riding a dirt bike we're using every single muscle all of the time riding a dirt bike without doubt but i would say that if we if you actually broke it down and it's going to depend on the track obviously as well and the conditions and um how you actually ride um obviously like a rougher track you're going to spend more time standing if the track's a bit smoother you can you can sit down a little bit more potentially um but the point is like we spend a lot of time in that standing position which is a posterior chain dominant this bike's trying to go away from us and we're trying to stay with it and move forward with the bike. So we're in like a, it's like a constant, a pull, which is a lower body pull is a hip hinge movement. So we want to be like super capable and super confident at hinging at the hips. So we can place that load into the hamstrings, which allows us to not have to use our upper body so much to hang on to the bike. If we're letting our knees come forward and we're not 
loading up our posterior chain, the only way we can hold onto that bike is with our arms. So it's like entry level. Entry level exercise to master in the gym is an RDL. Are you sick of walking into the gym with no plan, spinning your wheels, wondering if what you're doing is even going to help you on the dirt bike? It's a common thread that I hear from riders, and that's why I created the Race Ready Live group program. It's my entry-level training program, providing you a structured and periodized program grounded upon the same principles I use for my clients who are winning GNCC and AORC off-road events. Best thing is, you can tailor it to your individual needs based upon the equipment you have available, even if that's only dumbbells and kettlebells, and you can personalize the weekly schedule to suit the days you can and can't train all inside the race ready app on your phone for less dollars than you are spending on coffee each day right now if you want to actually get results from the effort you're putting in in the gym link is in the show notes for the details about the race ready live program i see the biggest mistakes i see is most people either just don't do it they completely avoid it or when they do do it they completely butcher it so that's why i love the rdl the romanian deadlift an actual deadlift when we're like at a conventional deadlift when we're pulling the weight off the floor we are going to have a little bit of knee flexion so we are using the quads to initiate that that movement off the floor with push that's the big cue when you're deadlifting is to push the floor away a strict hinge which i classify an rdl as a strict hinge we actually start the rep at the top of the movement. So we're lowering the weight down. So we're eccentrically loading the hamstrings. And then we're stopping with the weight off the floor. So we're controlling the weight on the way down. We're stopping and and controlling that weight off the floor. And then we're pulling it back up to the top. So when we do that, to place all of the tension in the hamstrings, we don't want the knees to track forward. We want very, we want no knee flexion. So when we start from the top, the hips drive back, the shin must stay vertical. That's what a strict hinge is. As soon as the, and that's where most people go wrong and I see where most people butcher it, they'll start like that. They'll get a like half the way down and they get halfway down and they start bending their knees forward and the hips drop. And when that happens, we lose tension in the hamstrings and we start placing more tension in the quads. So that's the whole purpose of learning how to do a good quality RDL is ingraining that motor pattern of driving the hips back and maintaining a vertical shin. Again, it is a position that we need to be strong on in the dirt on the dirt bike. It's not, again, we're not trying to replicate what we do on the dirt bike, but it's, You've only got to look at someone ride a dirt bike and say, okay, that's a position that we need to be strong in. So one, it doesn't make any sense to avoid it. Two, we want to be really, really efficient at that movement. So if we're train if we're doing an RDL in the gym and we're letting our knees come forward every rep and losing tension in the hamstrings. It's going to be unlikely that in a high pressure situation on the dirt bike, when we have to do it real quick, it's going to be unlikely that we're going to drive our hips back and keep our shins straight. It's going to be more likely 
that because we've done thousands of reps in the gym, letting our knees come forward, that that's the position we're going to default to. So it's super important, I believe. And that's like, I much prefer to see my clients master the RDL before we load them up with heavy deadlifts. Like if you can rep out a good quality strict RDL at your body weight, somewhere between five to 10 reps, that's a really good foundation to have in your hip hinge pattern that's going to allow you then to progress to using heavier loads off the floor with your conventional deadlift, whether that be a straight bar or a trap bar, whichever whichever variation um, you have available to use. So that's a great entry-level target is just being able to use your body weight on a strict RDL and keep it strict. Do not let those knees track forward one millimeter. Doesn't matter where you're at now. If you're like, if if your body weight doing a strict RDL sounds scary to you, that's completely fine. Just start where you're at now and keep it strict. Slow the tempo down so it's slow, eccentric, two to three seconds on the way down and you want to get really confident at the bottom of the movement. So we're pausing the weight at the bottom for at least a second. So that's where we want to be strong. That's where we want to be confident. We want to be super confident to hold that weight at the bottom of the movement. And then when we pull it back up, we can move it as fast as we possibly can. So if that's only 30 kilos for you right now or 40 kilos for you right now, that's completely fine. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the weight is. The quality of the movement matters the most and the ability to control the weight. So move it slowly and pause it means you own the weight and you have confidence to own the weight. And when you have confidence to own the weight consistently, then you can slowly begin to add load. Then you can be like, okay, I did 40 kilos last week. At a at a two one tempo, two seconds down, one second pause. I did that for six reps. I can easily add five kilos this week confidently. When that becomes set, when that becomes confident, again you'll be like, I can safely add another five kilos to that. It's just slowly and consistently progressing. So they're the two biggest tips when you are trying to keep them strict is the shin must remain vertical. We do not want that the knee moving forward at all. So the, the knee and the shin must maintain the vertical orientation and the hips are moving back. So just imagine a horizontal trajectory. We want the hips, the pelvis, we want that moving horizontally. We do not want the hips dropping down. So there's no vertical movement of the hips the hips are only moving horizontally again as soon as the hips drop the knees come forward we lose the tension in the hamstrings then it's not an rdl anymore so two cues vertical shin hips back it's as simple as that ingrain that as a subconscious motor pattern because the knees coming forward whether it's landing on a jump or under brakes it's a real dangerous place to be, honestly. Your chance of something going wrong and getting ejected is way higher when that is your default movement pattern. So that's why 
I totally believe the hip hinge is so important. And honestly, that's why I believe like a strict RDL is actually more important than how, how strong you are at ripping a deadlift off the floor. Like it's way more important, I believe, to be able to perform like a really good quality strict RDL and control that weight. And like I say, that's gonna, if you can do that at your body weight or above, then you're gonna have a really awesome normal deadlift off the floor anyway. That's just gonna give you that foundation to be able to perform a really good quality, strong deadlift when, when you're pulling from the floor. So by the time I get this up, this podcast episode, I'm gonna do a quick little Instagram reel with a couple of tips, just like what I've just spoken about the vertical shin, the hips back. So if you want to jump across to my Insta page, you'll be able to check out a quick video there where I demonstrate those those two things and what we're actually looking for in terms of keeping the shin vertical and driving the hips back to place the tension in the hamstrings. And like I say, then it's just about starting at your level and building up consistently. I can tell you that RDL or a variation of it is in every single program that I write. And we're not doing like a crazy amount of volume, like we're not doing it four days a week, but it's definitely in the program. At least it that the RDL variation of the deadlift is in there one day a week. We might do like anywhere between 12 to 21 reps each week. So it's not a crazy amount of volume, but it's consistency. And with consistency, we create good quality motor patterns. And with that comes the confidence to add load. And that gives us the capacity to tolerate, gives us improved work capacity on the dirt bike. It's that simple. Like We can tolerate whether it's a heavy landing or whether it's standing in the attack position for like for min- up to minutes at a time if you've got like a long whooped out straight to go down to down through and you need to be standing or whether it's absorbing that load under brakes when you're when you're in that hinge position and driving your back driving your hips back and coming into braking bumps at high speed it just gives you more work capacity it means you can do that easier for longer and that means you've got more endurance on the dirt bike simple so that's it on the hip hinge until the next episode any questions shoot me a message on insta or if you're not signed up to my email list i will drop that link in the show notes of this episode as well you can get i'll put the race day process um sign up link in there so when you sign up to that you get a pdf which is a race day process pdf to your inbox that you can download and you also get to sign up to the weekly email list until then We'll see you on the next episode.